0: This is Joy. This is Claire. This is Girls Gone Wad Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Ori. We have a new sponsor, and it's close.
1: Clothes, we love them. <laughs> Ori is the cutest brand. They are size inclusive, so they make sizes ten to thirty six, and we have really loved working with them. We know that we have not partnered with brands in the past that necessarily have a very wide range of sizes. So when Ori reached out to us to um, work with them and you know try out some of their clothes, we were super excited. I think the owner or one of the original founders of Ori is a Girls Gone Wild listener. So by supporting Ori, you're supporting the Girls Gone Wild community, and they're in There's Venice. Stuff. I was like, okay, you're oh my in gosh, Venice? Venice.
0: Yes, I know.
1: Joyous favorite place in the world. So
0: we need to go to. Venice again, have a Venice trip and buy $50 worth of juice and buy some Ori clothes and, and go drink see it the in Ori. our Ori yes, sweatshirts. Yes, exactly.
1: So even if you are not uh, plus sized, you can still definitely enjoy their clothes. Joy and I really love their sweatshirts. I their think both sweatshirts of us have- are great. They're so cute. I think both of us have a size too. It's what Scott Parrish would
0: call a staple.
1: Check out their stuff. Their website is wearori.com. You can also find them on Instagram, wearori. You can use code GGW for 15% off. Check out their stuff. They have a lot of cute clothes and they're adding new styles all the time. They're a pretty new brand. So keep checking back with them to see what kind of new cute stuff they're adding all the time. Thank you guys for supporting the sponsors who support our podcast.
0: Thank you. This week on the show, we welcome back E.C. Sinkowski. She is the founder of the 800-gram challenge. So we wanted to catch up with her because she's been up to a lot with the 800-gram challenge. And we know that a lot of people are really interested in what the heck that means and how do you count all these vegetables you're eating and are you just – eating fruit all day. So we get into the weeds with a lot of questions, listener questions, Q&A on this episode. It's really good to have her back. And we always just kind of like to throw in the mix some good, I don't know, like eating habits episodes. We know it's not specific to like, you know, we we never want to preach making sure that you're really being strict. But this is really good information. And this is something that I think a lot of people enjoy. It's like, no pressure, Just 800 grams of vegetables, fruits and vegetables. And also we talk a lot about like, this is not the enemy. So we bust a lot of myths around like, fruit is not the enemy. So why are people vilifying foods? So she talks a lot about that as well.
1: If you want to hear our other episode with EC, you can listen to episode 278, where we talk a lot about the basics of her program. Um, And yeah, in this one, we get into a little bit more about the mentality behind EC and her um, kind of journey to get to where she's been with nutrition and coaching and all of the above. So we hope you guys love this episode. Enjoy.
0: But why don't you start by giving us an update since we haven't talked to you in a while and the program that you created.
2: Yeah, awesome. Um, so I created an audio course called Understanding Food, The Basics Matter. And it's a two-hour audio course divided into six lectures. And what I hope to provide people with it is um an overall comprehensive look at like how to address all of these different concerns that they have in their their diet and their nutrition because what i find is that there's so much information out there that i think focuses a little bit more on the details like the active form of thyroid hormone or like the hormones involved with hunger signaling and that's all great like i don't want to put down learning by any means but then there's not this corresponding focus of okay how does that play out in a day-to-day diet so that's what i really tried to do with this course and i i hope i achieved it <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> I love that because it is, it's like, okay, so I might know you know, that these are the things that signal me to get hungry or whatever, but like, cool, I'm so glad I know that, now what?
2: <laughs> yeah, and there'll be other things too that'll focus on like, oh, you need this nutrient, like you need B12 for this or whatever it is. And then it's just sort of like, okay, but can we just get that with our diet? And what does the day-to-day diet look like that's preventing us from achieving that versus I need to go buy X product or X supplement. So I really tried to bring it back to, hey, what are we eating every day? And how does that
0: play out um, to benefit our health? And then how does it play out in the long term as well? So I think a lot of confusion too, is people always want to get the newest product that's out there or supplements. And I think that we can kind of stray. It's really hard for for a lot of people, I think, to conceptualize that really it's a lot about the basics. And that just mm. doesn't sound very sexy and appealing because it's like, <laughs> but we don't want that. We want the shiny new toy. So how do you kind of get people on board with being like, well, this is we we kind of have to start with the basics?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> so I'm just trying to give people the information why it, it always comes back to the basics and doing them consistently well. I mean, I think we can apply that to everything pretty much in life, including even fitness gains, stuff like that. But yeah, the basics get really hard. I mean, life throws a lot of curveballs at us. So just being consistent with them gets hard. And and I understand that people are looking for something new or different, but they just won't find as much benefit there as just by doing the basics consistently. So I'm trying to provide the science, the rationale and And hopefully some motivation for people to get on board with that.
1: I think that's true that it also does apply to pretty much everything and definitely fitness. And you also see that like when an athlete walks in the room or walks in the door for the first time and they're like, "Okay, you know, how am I going to get that muscle up or how am I going to get those butterfly pull ups or all these sexy moves? And you're like, cool. So how does it look when you hold a barbell over your head? (laughs) Like, what do you mean? You're like, yeah, okay, we're going to start there right <laughs> but it is it's, but i think i think diet is even more so that way because it can feel like well where's like the next silver bullet and we um recently talked to Laura Lagos who's a a dietitian as well and so and she was like you know, we we're tra- we we're joking about the celery juice craze, right? <laughs> like, that's like yep. the crazy thing right now. But it's like everybody always is looking for that sexy fix, and that happens in fitness as well. You know, everyone's always looking for like the next Tracy Anderson Band method. Right. That's you know gonna like do, I don't know, do everything that for some reason nothing else has ever done for you? Like, why do we all think that this thing has been right under our noses this whole time and we've just been like
0: yeah. missing it? I don't know if you watch Busy Phillips, but she does this exercise in LA that's like out of someone's garage. And I totally found myself getting sucked into like the, oh, is this the next fitness craze? Like, what is it? What is she doing? And I'm like, Joy. Shut up. That's so stupid. It's it's just like Pilates. It's pretty looks like Pilates. And it's like kind of Tracy Anderson ish as well. But it's that piece where it's like, whoa, what else is emerging in the fitness world? And we're so susceptible to the shiny toys. Well,
2: and I also think there's this big push for what people call personalized nutrition. Um, And just with our own techniques in terms of biology, as well as data mining, we are learning a lot more about the genome and how that interacts. And, you know, maybe you need a certain level of vitamin D that's more optimal than I do, etc. And we could play that across all these different nutrients. And so there's this massive push for personalized nutrition. And I think that's great. And I think there's a lot of power there. But it's like personalized nutrition, sort of, I mean, nobody's a of eating predominantly whole foods in the right quantities. And then there might be tweaks on that based on your genetics, et cetera. But it's not like some people are wildly successful on like pastries and cigarettes, you know?
1: (laughs) Sadly, so sadly. Um, Well, and we've talked about that. I mean, even like with, you know, these like big, crazy biohackers where it's like, it drives me nuts. And I mean, living in Boulder, you just... Boulder is like the world capital of this, (laughs) of people being like, well, I'm going to go find out what my heart rate variability is. And you're like, okay, yeah, but how much sleep did you get last night? Mm -hmm. Or like, how much water have you been drinking? Like, is it really going to matter, you know, which type of minimalist footwear you're wearing? (laughs) if like you haven't done a mobility exercise in 40 years.
2: Exactly. I couldn't have said it better.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And so I imagine you must see that. This is sort of the answer to that with a diet of like, okay, yeah, maybe you know, which like freaking out about which type of protein supplement you take is what you want to worry about. But like, how, how is your, how's your past B12 getting in your diet? Right,
2: right. Yeah. I think there's also just something inherently about our mind that we gravitate towards something that's more detailed, thinking it's more, understood or, um, you know, there's just more data to back it when really there's a lot of data to back these really elegant solutions for nutrition. And so it's a little bit of a mind shift to sort of, okay, just because we don't have 27 references next to eat whole foods, I could find them. But, you know, I think that we just sort of like this idea of, oh, this person's so researched and so, um, has so much data to back it up when really it's not always necessary.
1: Yeah. And, and with that, I think too, is like there, i I feel like we really are so quick to be okay with disregarding common sense or like eat whole foods. Like, if you look at, I think most of the diets around the world and around the last 30, 40 years, the quote unquote diet, you know, fad diets that have been successful, it's things like the Mediterranean diet, the paleo diet, you know, where like at the end of the day, what do all these diets have in common? Totally. Eat whole foods.
2: Totally. And yeah, that's something I mentioned in the course actually that like, the best programs out there aren't going to be that radically different. You know, (laughs) they're going to say eat more whole foods than not and don't eat too much in different ways.
1: Yeah, totally. Um, what are some of the most like constant, maybe a little bit infuriating questions you feel like you (laughs) have?
2: Infuriating. Um, I don't know, infuriating. I feel like, uh, I've definitely asked them, you know, might you know, asked them to other people years ago. <laughs> so I try to get fair. too infuriated. Um, but yeah, I tend to, especially with in uh, the CrossFit community, get a lot of questions about protein, protein powders, protein timing. I definitely tackled that a, a bunch in the course. Um, because again, I think people are really worried about this pre and post workout idea, when not totally understanding that digestion and recovery and rebuilding is actually a 24 hour process. And so the body is not so sensitive that We have this 20-minute, 30-minute window when we have to be slamming protein shakes. Um, So I think that's probably one of the more big topics that I really try to hammer is just get enough protein across the day, mostly from whole food sources. Use protein powders if you have to, but there's not something magical about BCA supplements or collagen, et cetera. Um, that's definitely a big one. And then I think just more on the supplement angle with something like fish oil and, uh, and I'm just going to lump fish oil in with anti-inflammatories, but yeah, kind of these high dosing of anti-inflammatories or antioxidants. And it's just like, again, Hey, what does the diet look like day to day? And maybe we could just be getting that from, let's say 800 grams of fruits and vegetables each day.
1: <laughs> I, l- I want to talk for a second about the protein thing, because I think that sort of like window of gains Mm -hmm. thing has been really popular and joy. I remember a couple months ago or so you heard a podcast or something that was like, actually the window of gains is a myth. And you were like, thank you. The last thing I, my body wants is for me to be shoving these high density protein, you know, typically products right after I finish this hard ass workout and my blood is not in my digestive system. The last thing I want to do is like walk over and drink this protein sludge. But everybody was like, well, you have this 20 minute window. Otherwise like your gains are just gone. (laughs) <laughs> and so yeah. it's not true. Yeah. And I mean, one of the
2: things also I talk about in the course, it's like, you know, a lot of this research looks at muscle protein synthesis. So they're saying, okay, you take this protein powder and you increase muscle protein synthesis, um, which all sounds good. But then we also have to get from having more muscle protein synthesis to actually increased performance. And that's another couple leaps away. You know, we can't draw from that conclusion, oh, I increased muscle protein synthesis in the the half hour after my workout. I now have a better back squat. That little link is a big one. And it's not so obvious in the literature that that actually happens.
1: That's a great point. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that does not automatically equal gain. I mean, I think
0: all of this really comes down to marketing and making money mm-hmm. of you mm-hmm. need a pre-workout, you need a post-workout. I mean, that's no surprise. But I think the fear comes in for the people who are super healthy. I mean, look, we're really just trying to optimize the human performance, the human body, and we're taking it a little too far. So it's great sure. that you're having this opportunity to educate and I think that's what Claire and I constantly try to do is just find that middle ground of just being healthy is right in the middle. Um, so talk a little bit about you recently went on Wad on the Waves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I talked, got to go that. <laughs> so talk about the presentation or the talk that you did there about consistently good over inconsistently perfect.
2: Yeah, I was able to give two talks. One was on understanding the role of quantity or your food intake in the diet, and then the other one was on supplements and athletic performance. So that's definitely where I hit some protein powder stuff. But uh yeah, so I kind of what I tried to do with the role of quantity in the diet, I presented five different principles that kind of affect, you know, if people want to either lose weight or gain weight with the principles kind of staying the same regardless of their goal. And one of the principles that I said was that consistently good is better than inconsistently perfect. And I think we see that a lot, well, it could be with mass gain too, but especially with people that want to lose weight is, you know, they hit their macros five days on and then the weekends are what really take them away from their goals too much. And so it's, hey, maybe we don't, worry about being so perfect with our macros during the week if that means then you know we can just stay on it a little bit more over the weekend um but it doesn't have to be with macros i mean i also posted today about the 800 gram challenge for me that's a way that i have my accountability but yet i can still have a glass of wine at night and i don't have to worry about that obsessive perfect um you know, type of diet. I also have to say, how was Watt on the waves?
0: Because that sounds really fun.
2: (laughs) It was great. I think, you know, before it happening, a lot of people were wondering, well, what is this going to be like? Um, And I definitely was one of them. And it was great. I mean, it was 2700 people on the boat interested in fitness and nutrition. So, you know, and and heading out to it, I was, I, you know, I had these two talks planned. And I was like, Okay, well, maybe I'll have 10 people there, because who's going to show up to, you know, nutrition talk on a cruise. And there was over, 300 people <laughs> for these seminars. So, you know, it was just a great enthusiastic group. I think mean, we had classes all day and different stuff. I also helped teach classes. I mean, some people were taking six, eight classes a day just because they were thrilled
0: to be there. So it was a ton of fun. Oh, that sounds like a blast. Now, as a person who knows a lot about health and wellness and fitness, so you're very experienced in this field. What are the things that you personally face in terms of? the fitness community, you know, the dietitian world, like, what are the things that you kind of look at? And you're like, I personally struggle with this. Mm, you mean implementing myself for? Yeah. Nutrition?
2: Yeah. Um, I think I could be, you know, more ideal in terms of quantity control. Um, I don't really love tracking macros. I know the benefit of it, but I don't I don't do it. I don't love it. (laughs) I do it periodically. Um, and then I would say that I definitely can improve on kind of stress control. Um, I think some of my close friends will tell you that my personality changes when I'm stressed. So definitely I, I understand the physiological mechanisms of that. And I've yet to always be able to kind
0: of set my life up that I can always keep that under control. So when you say you don't love tracking macros, is that something you really advocate or what, how do you feel about it?
2: No, I, I really advocate it if people want to do it. I mean, <laughs> that's sort of how I approach all of nutrition It's Hey, what is your goal? You know, what do you want to do to achieve that goal? And if you want to be somebody who has six pack abs for most of us, we're going to have to track, track our macros. I don't necessarily want to have six pack abs, but I do like to be educated about what I'm eating on a consistent basis, just because I speak so regularly about it. And I think I'm, you know, within the ballpark of being able to do that. But I just sort of think that as somebody who talks about macros a lot, I also need to keep my
0: hand in it to make sure I understand it for myself. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because I think we get a lot of, um, you know, Claire and I have had a lot of opinions over the years about it. And really, what we've kind of come down to is, hey, if it works for you, and you don't have that negative experience to where you feel like you're stressing every single moment in every single day about it, then Mm -hmm. sure, use it as information, but it shouldn't be something that kind of rules your life. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was actually my fifth kind of principle with the quantity thing
2: was that, you know, psychology also matters for success. And if the psychology of the diet doesn't fit, it doesn't matter that the physiology shakes out. Like if this macros thing is making you crazy, well, it's not the
0: right diet for you. (laughs) Right. And I think the stress can really kind of undo everything that you're really trying to do in terms of reaching a healthy lifestyle if it's stressing you out then it's just not worth it. So how do you how do you approach people that really kind of have maybe some goals that are they're setting goals that really maybe aren't quote unquote realistic for them or they're really kind of a little extreme? How do you work with Folks who are approaching you with that with those questions,
2: you know, I'm actually going to compare this to a conversation. I think that either a podcast that I heard with him or a conversation that I had with uh, you know uh, Ben Bergeron. I hope I'm going to quote him right, but uh, he was mentioning that you might have somebody who's totally new and deconditioned come in the gym, and they might say something like, "Well, I want to go to the games," <laughs> and you're like, "Okay, well, you can't even snatch 45 pounds. This is highly unrealistic." you know, who am I to tell them that they can't do it? I've, I love their motivation. I love their interest, And so I sort of take a similar thing with diet. Like who am I to tell them that their goal is wrong or that they don't want it or they can't achieve it? But I still will have them start where they are. So if I have someone who is terrible diet standard american diet coke all the time whatever you name it processed food and they say they they want to look like i don't know pick any games athlete i'm going to say okay great yeah sure well let's take a look what you're eating now <laughs> you know and probably my first steps are going to be something like let's cut out the coke or something like that we're not going to go to macros
0: paleo or anything like that so i definitely don't try to talking about coca-cola goals. they're not snorting coke y'all <laughs> I, just, right, exactly. I just had to laugh because when you said coke, I was like wait what oh coca-cola <laughs>
2: Oh that's awesome. Yes, I definitely meant the soft drink, not the
0: drug. <laughs> I mean, no judgment, but they might want they might want to stop doing coke too.
2: <laughs> yeah, I definitely don't advocate drugs in the diet. Um, but also not a lot of Coca Cola. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But uh Yeah. So I think it still comes down to starting where they are, regardless of what their goals are.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. And I think that's an ongoing conversation because I think people really struggle with, well, I really want to have a six pack where it's like, and if that's going to cause you some misery, we might want to rethink that. But I think sometimes just starting and starting to work with people, you can educate them along the way, and maybe work with them to kind of say, this is, we might want to adjust and educating them on like what it takes to be happy and healthy instead of really, really extreme and restricted.
2: Yeah. And they can see, you know, some progress and they can realize, oh, wait, I'm happy at this point. I don't necessarily want the next level for sure.
0: Talk a little bit about too. I've seen a lot of your uh, posting on Instagram, especially about stop vilifying whole foods. Where did that come from? Mm -hmm. And what are your thoughts around the hashtag?
2: Yeah, you know, I I don't want to put down the paleo diet. I learned a lot from it. And I think the overall movement, um, same thing with Whole30, has overall helped people understand a lot more about their nutrition and, and also has gotten a ton of people eating better, um, just a ton. So, I mean, there are overall phenomenal movements. I just don't like some of the vilification and exclusion of some foods um, I just don't think it's necessary based on what the research says and kind of how that plays out in a, in a mixed whole food diet. And so what I then see is, and I, and I went through it myself, you know, I bought my first eggplant in the last five years <laughs> today because of all the old nightshade sphere, you know. Oh, that's and right. <laughs> like, what was that again?
0: It's like you can't eat nightshade. What is that about? Right. Yeah. You can't eat the nightshades potentially,
2: you know, pushes you towards more inflammation specifically in people that have arthritis type of conditions or autoimmunity. Um, And so just stuff like that, like tomatoes and eggplant and potatoes and beans and corn. And these things got just so far afield. I mean, I, I know for years in my early, early CrossFit days, I wasn't eating that stuff. I was so afraid they were really harming me. And so then you develop these like really weird neuroses and stresses about food. You know, you go over to people's houses and they made you chili and you're afraid to eat it. I mean, it's just... And I actually think that those foods provide a lot of nutrients and have a lot of health for us. And so that's really what I'm trying to bring to this space is, hey, whole foods are great. Definitely stay away from the processed stuff. But some of these foods have been vilified, which I just
0: don't think has the corresponding uh, literature or data to support it at all. Yeah. And I think that's another thing is we, again, we want to be told that something is good or bad so that we can either stay away from it and then feel like we're doing something good for our body and like, oh, this will be the answer. This will be the magic pill. And I think it's just so silly. So it's all kind of, again, back to basics, which we don't love to hear. But
1: And I also feel like we maybe all have one person in our lives who we're like, Well, you know, Kelly cut out eggplant and then it solved all of her. Totally. It's that other person. It's a
0: friend (laughs) that, you know, that cut out all nightshades or corn or whatever. Turns
1: out, yeah, it turns out like the uh, other background on Kelly is that she has leaky gut and like, you know, like her thyroid is in terrible shape and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, or she really does have a serious like food allergy or something so taking that out is obviously going to make a big difference or she has the mthfr whatever the thing is right but it's like you we look at that person and we're like well see she started drinking celery juice and her she (laughs) got a promotion the next day and yeah (laughs) like there's something there's also the confounding effect and
2: i kind of mentioned this in my supplements talk but you have to always remember the placebo effect and the placebo effect is awesome like it's amazing what basically the brain is doing instead of the physiology. And so we shouldn't like laugh at the placebo effect and say, oh, it's stupid or silly. It's, it's awesome. But it doesn't mean that the physiology is exactly what we thought was happening. And so I think that's also true with some of these exclusion foods that people feel and believe that they're doing something better for their health. And I think that's ent- really powerful. Um, I just don't want the message to be, though, around whole foods that they're hurting us because I think then that's working in the other way.
1: I also feel like I see a lot of people who will kind of pick, you know, the one thing, like, we'll just continue to laugh about eggplant, like, oh, I'm going to cut out eggplant. But in doing so, the rest of their diet improves a lot as well. And I I think I especially see this when people decide, oh, I'm going to take out gluten. Well, -hmm. gluten is in a lot of foods that are highly processed. And so really what they're, what they are doing by default is taking out a lot of highly processed foods from their diet. And then they're like, oh, well, I must have had a gluten sensitivity. I mean, maybe, or maybe you're just feeling a lot better because you took all these processed foods out of your diet. Totally.
2: A hundred percent. I mean, the, how diets change when you make one change is really interesting. And I actually was thinking about that. I don't know if you've heard of the trend about seed cycling, um, for women to kind of reset their hormonal balances and their hormonal cycles. And I I was just sort of thinking, yeah, so you, you take different seeds based on whether or not you're in your early or late phase, um, to basically either boost or estrogen or progesterone. And, You know, I don't want to speak too much about it because I feel like I need to do a little bit more research on it. But essentially, you know, you could take pumpkin seeds, et cetera. And I'm thinking, well yeah, if someone's eating pumpkin seeds and flax, they're probably also having a salad <laughs> with a lot of different veggies on it. And then some, you know, lean chicken breast versus let's say, you know, some shake or some sort of processed lunch. And so I was thinking about that exactly like, hey, what's the confounding effect of just having people eat more seeds in their diet to their overall,
0: you know, overall day nutrition,
1: right, they're probably not eating like a bunch of chocolate bars with pumpkin seeds in them to be like, <laughs> right. <laughs> I my
0: pumpkin seed levels. <laughs> so I know this is kind of an old topic that's been talked about a lot. But I I think it's really important for people to know that carbs are not bad (laughs) and 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 people often especially the macro counters like are they really still kind of weighing and measuring like I know with the 800 gram challenge that aside but like really getting crazy about measuring vegetables like aren't we supposed to just be cool with vegetables (laughs) I think
2: you know it's interesting I I uh I agree with you. You know, I think I had that post, like it's not the cucumber, right? Like I totally hear you. I think what's interesting for people that are weighing and measuring is it is a slippery slope. Once you start saying, oh, I'm not going to weigh X, (laughs) um, you know, where do you draw the line? And this is just cucumbers and spinach, or all of a sudden is it then the sauces and the cooking fat? So I, you know, if people are really into macros, Hey, more power to them, keep it up, keep weighing the stuff. Um, But the carb thing is really interesting. I think this keto, low carb, you know, exogenous ketones, MCT oil supplementation, I think that's still a craze. And it's, it's a really odd fit with a with CrossFit or high intensity work um, workouts. Yeah, because I feel like that
0: still comes up. And I still still see people like doing I don't know, like, the keto thing really bugs me. Maybe that's where it's coming from.
1: (laughs) I think it's also just like another version of like, what's that one thing we can point at. And unfortunately in this situation, this example, the quote unquote one thing is actually an entire category of food. Right. Yeah.
2: The keto thing's interesting. I, I don't know why it's back around, but you know, you can definitely eat just the appropriate amount of carbohydrates. It's like, of course, too high is not good. And then when you swing really low, it's, it's not super great for high intensity performance. So it's just sort of like, why can't we just eat the appropriate amount? (laughs) But you know, what's also interesting too is I do think there is a place for keto for people that are highly insulin resistant um, diabetic population. And so there is definitely some value to it. I think it's just then people have to understand what's their context. And is it relevant to them?
0: So where do you stand on, you know, I love living a healthy lifestyle, I think it's really important that we all take care of ourselves. But I think we do need to have that conversation as well. Like, it's, and I hate to say this like in terms of giving people permission, but it's like we can go out with our friends and have dessert and we can have wine and we can have whatever else uh, without that kind of shame around it and I think that's a really important discussion to have. Like how do you tell people like it's okay to I don't know, enjoy your life. Yeah. Like healthy is healthy, but let's be honest, like we all crave those sugary alcohol (laughs) foods.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's just as simple as that as having that conversation, Um, you know, and I, and I try to be real with my posts in the sense of, I don't know if you saw over Christmas, I was doing the 12 days of the 800 gram challenge and, I was posting what I was eating, which wasn't always perfect because it was between Christmas and New Year's, you know? Um, And I think just showing people, hey, what does this look like? And and what does consistently good look like? And hey, I'm not perfect. Um, But also then, yeah, just in one-on-one conversations, it's having that conversation I, and I hope what that provides for people too is is maybe a little bit less of going off the rails and a little bit less of the type of binge behavior so if you know that it's okay to fit in on a regular basis in smaller amounts that maybe you don't get you know those days when you you know eat the entire chocolate cake or something because you didn't feel so restricted pre- previously
1: so for people who you work with who have been really restricting you know whether it be through a certain like they're super super strict paleo or they've been super super strict macros or RP or whatever the program they are that that they've been following, and they start to work with you and they they're telling you like I want to get to a point where I can just eat intuitively and you know but kind of stay healthy but I just don't know where to start.
2: Mm.
1: What are and we get that question a lot. People are like you know what quote unquote intuitive eating or you know just not worrying about it sounds great but I've been worried about it. 24 sure. seven for so long, where, how do I even get to that point? Where do I start? What do you, what are some tools that you give people to kind of start working on that? Wow. Um,
2: I don't know. I mean, it, I think intuitive eating is great if it works for you. Right. Um, so I generally with those people would try to encourage them to do a week with, with no tracking and no rules and just see what happens, um, see where they fall you know, and then just kind of go from there. I don't know that I have any specific tools. That's a great question for people that really want to do that. But yeah, I mean, I I feel like intuitive eating is a great idea, but it might not also align with your goals either. Again, if you're somebody who wants to see some improvement in the gym and you intuitively don't like protein, we might
1: have a problem. Do you know what I mean? So, Totally. I guess this is like specifically for people who that their goal is, I want to get to a point where I'm not thinking about food all the time. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that that like, we get that question a lot, you know, as both of us have sort of like, gone through the macro thing been to the point where we're, we're finished tracking, and we're tired of it. And we know, you know, we just don't want to let that give that brain space up anymore.
0: Yeah, there's a great, so there's a great book, uh, actually called intuitive eating. that has been around for quite some time by Evelyn Tribole oh, cool. and Elise Resch. And if you Google it, it'll come up. It's like one of the top number one books. It's been around for quite some time. It's a great book about breaking down intuitive eating because I think that phrase and term gets tossed around a lot these days. Um, So I think that's another practical thing people can do to kind of start reading about that. And really kind of our conversation always goes to that because we can talk about health all day long, but really... The relationship is is really important to start with.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I probably focus a little bit less on that, not because I don't think it's supremely important and useful, but because I love the physiology. <laughs> I'm definitely not the psychology guru <laughs> or the intuitive eating guru. But I also think that, you know, let's say that somebody's coming off a strict macro a strict RP. Yeah, give a week a shot because guess what? Some of the habits you already instilled and already what you know um, are probably gonna serve you really well without being super diligent about tracking. Like you're not gonna all of a sudden just eat chocolate cake
0: yeah exactly totally yeah I
1: think that's so important because I think people do get really caught up in that thought of like well you know if I put one toe off the wagon I might as well just jump headfirst into the lake you know because like if left my own devices clearly I can't be trusted to make my own choices and like actually you'll, you might be surprised what happens in a week like you might pretty much be eating exactly what you've always been eating yeah you just aren't having to sit there and track it for 15 minutes in your phone after every meal
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, we tend to end up eating very similar meals. I mean, I'm going to have a dinner tonight that I've had probably every night this week, you know, we (laughs) tend to end up doing very similar things. We
0: like habits. So totally agree. What are the things that you incorporate in your daily life that you feel are really important to just overall health and wellness? Just it doesn't even have to be related to food.
2: Definitely. I'm pretty, I'm pretty consistent. Like, I'm no beacon of perfection, but I'm pretty darn consistent with a high quality diet and not to the macros level. But again, 800 gram challenge has been a has been a good way for me to measure that, and then also exercise. You know, I'm not always hitting the workout of the day super hard or getting making sure that I did a full hour or anything like that. It could just be burpees in my living room, but just the consistency. And uh, I I would I think that those are definitely the things that I do the
0: best um, and really pay off. What do you do at the grocery store when you walk in? What does your route look like?
2: (laughs) Oh man, I was just there, Um, Trader Joe's. Yeah, pretty much stick to the aisles and get the same gosh darn things every week. (laughs) Gosh, I wish I, I mean, I, it's funny. I love nutrition. I think I've joked about this before, but man, I am not good in the kitchen or I don't even love, I don't love doing a lot of cooking. So yeah, it's just super basic stuff. I mean, you know, it's going to be like a zucchini spaghetti tonight with some meat sauce. Um, and that pretty much is similar to a lot of meals that I have. I'll make some chili for the week, you know, I'll make some Japanese yams, which are the best yam in the biz if you haven't <gasps> had them. I love <laughs> Japanese
0: yams. Those are the
2: best. They're so good. I know. I tell people once they have them, they'll never go back. they will never go back. They are so good.
0: They're so good. And I can't find them everywhere. I feel like Trader Joe's is the only place I see them. <laughs>
2: There and then, luckies. I don't know if you. Uh, Ooh, if we just Lucky's. got a Lucky's. Oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> I know, I know. Whole Foods—they're kind of hit or miss on the Japanese. Yep. End, so, mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah, like super basic stuff that I
0: repeat ad nauseum. People would probably uh, hate to. <laughs> no, I'm just curious. Like I've always wanted to shop with like a dietitian or a nutritionist, just like to see what it is that you look for? Is it true you have to really just focus on the perimeter and don't go to the aisles where the packaged foods, like packaged yeah. foods are decent, like
1: not I that bad, it.
0: right?
2: Yeah, I mean, most of my packaged foods, like I bought packaged frozen beets that I'm pretty excited about roasting. Um, And I'm not saying that to be like, oh, I only eat beets as a treat. But I know for me that I go out and I socially have treats. Like on Saturday, I'm going to see a band play. I definitely will have some drinks. You know, I'm on Sunday, I'm going to be enjoying the Super Bowl. So when I buy food, I really try not to buy things at the house that I would consider are kind of the treats and things because I have enough um
0: times socially when i make those choices. <laughs> yeah, like our 300 episode party, did you have a cupcake? Oh yes.
2: <laughs> oh my god. The bacon thing was amazing. <laughs> oh, and then so i had good. like the fried dough sugar thing. Oh yeah. Oh, that was yeah. awesome. <laughs> they they
0: really brought their A game. It was delicious.
2: But that's like i think one of the points that i try to make to people is we have so many opportunities in our kind of first world uh life to derail ourselves. I mean, whether or not it's at the office and somebody brings in donuts or your kid's birthday party or a 300th episode podcast party, you know, um, All that stuff is great. And so I just try to be really good at home such that I can just enjoy myself when I'm out. Yeah, I
0: totally agree. I agree. And it just makes for a much more fun life that way. So tell the listeners where they can find you and uh, a little bit more about how they can sign up for your course. Totally. Uh, OptimizeMeNutrition.com is the website and then the same handle
2: on Instagram. Um, And the course is on Teachable.com and it's just an audio course tried to make it such that people could listen in the car or, you know, walk in the dog, something like that, but they can find it through
0: my Instagram and website. I love that because I got to tell you, I don't have a lot of patience to sit and read material, So I love that you made an audio, like an audio course. It's so cool. Well,
2: thank you. Yeah. I felt like, cause it's kind of a long format, like it's got to go audio, right? I mean, that's what people, people don't have time.
0: <laughs> they really don't. And so I think that's brilliant. I, I feel like I haven't seen anyone do that before. So way too, uh break through that barrier. Thank you. We'll see. We'll see if other people are excited about
1: it. I mean, everyone listening to this podcast, uh, you can assume that they like listening to things. So That's true. they're, they're your, your target audience.
0: Good point. Good point. Well, Easy, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. We loved having you. And thank you for coming to our episode 300. It was so good to see a familiar face in the audience. Yes.
2: Thank you for this podcast and also the party. Uh, to be honest, I hadn't seen Mean Girls. So that was definitely a highlight.
0: Besides oh, my gosh. Podcast. I feel so excited that you got to see that movie oh my gosh what did you think <laughs> it was great it was everything i hoped it would be
1: <laughs> i mean it really stands up to the test of time considering it really that does. movie is like probably what 15 years old it's awesome <laughs> yeah thank you so much and listeners go check out the program we hope you guys love it and we'll talk to you soon thank you cool. ec awesome thanks ladies